0: Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. I have mentioned several times that Rashi's commentary on the Torah is a complete commentary. All questions on the level of Pshuta Shul Mikra can be answered by consulting scripture on a Pshat level and by consulting Rashi's commentaries. In this shiur, I would like to present an example in which a homiletical statement in the Gemara, a statement which is not mentioned by Rashi on the Torah, can be understood by consulting the text of the Torah with Rashi's commentaries. This should not be understood as a mere coincidence, rather, it should serve as a proof that the homiletical explanations found in Gemara and Midrash are not patches which were artificially attached to the text of the Torah. Rather, they represent a deeper understanding of the text, a deeper level that is parallel to the Chot level. After the tearful reunion of Yosef and his brothers, Pharaoh sends the brothers back to Canaan in order to bring Brach Yaakov with them. Pharaoh provides wagons and food for the road. Yosef gives each brother chalifos smaloys, a change of clothing. And to Binyamin, he gives chamesh chalifos smaloys, five changes of clothing. Rashi does not comment on this apparent favoritism, but the Gemara, in Meseches Megillah, Daftes Vov, does. The Gemara asks, Efshar, is it possible? Dovrashin by osot tzadik. This thing that that same Sadak, meaning Yosef, was caused so much pain because of, meaning parental favoritism. Yosef was sent down to Mitzrayim because his brothers were jealous of the special treatment that he received from his father Yaakov. And now Yosef had sadek. this same Sadak, is yish- Yichasheel He himself will stumble and do this same thing he will favor his maternal brother, Binyamin, over all his other brothers? To bar because Rava bar tells us, mishgal milas, because of a weight of two sella, because of a bit of fabric, a bit of fabric that weighed as much as two coins, two coins were, two coins' weight, of fine fabric, Shlomosev Yaakov the Yosef that Yaakov gave extra to Yosef, meaning the the famous Ksainas apasim, the the coat of many colors that Yaakov gave to Yosef, was just a a small weight of fabric, but because Yaakov gave that to Yosef, Misharechov, he gave it to him as something extra, more than what he had given to all the other brothers, Nizgalgel hadover, the thing literally rolled, the situation developed, the Yardo Avisenu the Mitzrayim, and our forefathers eventually had to go down to Mitzrayim. So the, the consequences of this parental favoritism in Yosef's case were, were catastrophic. So how could it be, asks the Gemara, that Yosef himself would engage in a very similar form of favoritism? And the Gemara answers in the name of Rabbi Binyamin bar Yefes, Remez Ramazloi. When Yosef gave these extra suits of clothing to Binyamin, he was giving him a remez. He was hinting to him something very important about the future. She'osid b'in lotseis menu that in the future, a person, a child, would come forth from the tribe of Binyamin. melech <speaking in Hebrew> malchus. And that person... Will go out in front of the king with five royal garments, as it says in Megillus Esther that when Mordechai rose to greatness and he gained favor in the eyes of Ahasuerus, the pasuk says of Mordechai, Mordechai went out in royal clothing, he went out in fabrics known as Tes and chur, the of and a Large uh, golden crown, v'sachrich boots, and a wrapping of linen, v'argoman, and of uh, red-colored cloth. So, when Yosef was giving these extra garments to Binyamin, he was not uh, guilty of some some mere favoritism, but he was hinting to Binyamin that one of his descendants was someday going to wear five royal garments, and he was going to assume a royal position and, of course, do a, a great favor for the Jewish nation by rescuing them from Haman. Now, still, we can ask two very important questions on this Gemara. First of all, it would seem from here, from this Gemara, that Mordechai's greatness was in some way a gift that was given to him from Yosef. Just as Yosef gave these garments to Binyamin, so it would seem that the greatness that Mordechai merited to was somehow given to him by Yosef, which is a very new and puzzling idea. And another question is that what does this remez, how does it connect, what does it have to do with the story that we are discussing here. What does this have to do with Yosef sending back his brothers to Canaan to pick up Yaakov and bring him back to Eretz-Mitzrayim where he will be able to have food and to live in peace? Why is this the time to hint to Binyamin that his descendant will be Mordechai? The answers to these questions, I believe, can be found by studying Sukim, and comments by Rashi in Parsha's Vayetze. In Parsha's Vayetse we read that Yaakov married Leah and then Rachel. That in itself is a long story. Leah immediately began to have children. In the meantime, Rachel was barren. Finally, after Leah and her maidservant Zilpa, and after uh, Rachel's maidservant Billa had Given birth to all of their children. Finally, in Parak Lamed, Pasuk Base we read, "VaYiskor Elokim es Rachel. and Ashem, God, remembered Rachel. VaYishma Eleho Elokim, and God listened to her. VaYiftach es Rachel. and He opened up her womb. VaTahar vaTaylad Bain, and she conceived, and she gave birth to a son. And it says, "VaTikra Eshmo Shmo Yosef." She named him Yosef. Now Rashi explains what exactly did Hashem remember about Rachel. Obviously Hashem knew she was there the whole time. So Rashi says, first of all, Hashem remembered the simonim, the signs that she had given to her sister so that her sister Leah should not be embarrassed. That's a different topic. But then Rashi says, Vishahoysah Mitzera, Hashem remembered, Hashem took into account that Rachel was in great distress, shol shol that she should not fall into the fate of Esav. In other words, she was afraid that she might someday have to marry Esav. How is that, says Rashi? Shemi Yagarshena Yaakov, Lafisha'in Labonim. Perhaps Yaakov will divorce her. Because she has no children, and then she would probably fall to Yaakov's brother Esav. And Rashi says, "Va'af kach and Esav harasha, Esav the evil one, he also had this thought in his mind. Kishashama Shama she'ain when he heard that she had no children. Rashi brings a proof. We won't go into that proof now, but Rachel. All these years that she was watching Yaakov's family be built without her contribution, she was very worried that the end might be that she would have to marry Esav. And this distressed her greatly. Now, we, finally, Hashem uh, uh, rewarded her for this very good character trait, for this fact that she despised Asa, and she despised his evil nature and did not want to become his wife. And so HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave her a child. The child was named Yosef. Now Yosef has a very special quality, as we see in the next Pesach, that's Perek Lamed, Pesach Chafei. And it was, Kashir Yodor Rochel Yosef. When Rochel gave birth to Yosef, Vayomer Yaakov HaLevon, then Yaakov said to Lovon, Shalcheni ve'elcha, Send me and I will go. El mekoimi uli To my place and to my land. In other words, I've lived with you and I've worked with you long enough. Now it's time to go home. The Posik seems to tie this to the birth of Yosef. And Rashi explains, Mishenoilad esov." after Rachel gave birth to Yosef, that is, after the Sutton of Esav, meaning the opposer, the antidote to Yo- to Esav, who is Yosef. And how do we know, besides this Pusik itself, that Yosef in some way is the antithesis and the antidote of Esav? Shinemar, as it says a Posik in Sefer Ovadia, V'hoya b'sh Yaakov Eish, the house of Yaakov will be a fire, V'v'es Yosef lehavah, and Beis Yosef will be the actual flame, or we'll Esav, lekash, And the house of Esav will be the straw that will be consumed by the fire, by the flame. Rashi says, Eish a fire without a flame, enusholet the mirachik. It cannot have control over things far away. But a fire with a flame can spread. Mishinoy Yosef, and so, when Yosef was born, batach Yaakov Ba'kodesh Baruch then Yaakov trusted in Ha'kodesh Baruch meaning he now trusted that he could go back to Eretz Canaan, and he could meet up with his brother Esav, and he would not be harmed by him, v'ratza Lashuv, and he wanted to go back. So we see here that Yosef is the sit Asif. Esav, he is the opponent, he is the antidote to Yosef. Until Yosef was born, Yaakov was not in a hurry to go back to Eretz Canaan, because he knew there he would meet his brother Esav, who had some very strong opposition to Yaakov. Matter of fact, he wanted to kill him, and Yaakov was not sure that he could escape. But when Yosef was born, there's something about Yosef that Yosef is the is the anti-ballistic missile against Asov? This idea that Yosef was the antithesis and the antidote to Aesov is a very complex matter that can be understood on many different levels. On a simple level, we can point out certain extreme contrasts between the ethical, or shall we say, unethical behavior of Aesov and the very ethical behavior of Yosef. In the matter of morality, we find in Rashi and Parshas told us that for the first 40 years of his life, Esav was sod nashim mitachas yad ba'alehen. Esav trapped women from underneath the hands of their husbands. In other words, he was an adulterer. In contrast, Yosef, we know, resisted the seduction of the wife of Potiphar, In the matter of respect for other people's property, we find also in Rashi, Perich Chav Zion, Chav Gimel, that when Yitzchak sent out Esav to bring back some meat for him to eat and to put him in the proper state of mind to bless him, so he said, Vatsudalit Zayed, hunt for me some game. And Rashi comments on that. He asked him to please bring back from those animals that had no owner, from wild animals, and please do not bring back anything that's stolen. So we see that Yitzhak, even though Yitzhak favored Esav to a great degree, but he suspected that Esav might steal. Yosef, on the other hand, we find at the end of this week's Parsha, that Yosef, during the years of famine, he sold food to the Egyptian populace. At first, he took from them money to the point that he took all of their money. Then they bartered and they gave to Yosef all of their livestock, all of their animals, and he gave to them food. And finally, they bartered their land. Now, Ranban on Perik Mem Zayin Yud Gimel comments, as follows that the Torah tells us this story and it tells us to us in quite a bit of detail and the reason is in order to tell us Kihoya ish emunim, it is to tell us that Yosef was a man of trust, a person that one could trust because he brought all of the uh, money to the house of Paro and he brought all of the cattle and all of the land and the Renban says he did not make for himself storehouses, secret stashes of money, and other property. Rather, he gave it all to the king who trusted him. And so we see in these two relatively simple matters that Yosef was the antithesis of Esau. Let us return now to this matter of the five garments of this favoritism that Yosef showed to Binyamin, and to this hint that the Gemara says, that the Gemara says it was a hint that Binyamin's descendant Mordechai would someday wear five royal garments. We find in Megillus Esther that Haman, who was a descendant of Amolek, and thereby a descendant of Esav, he wanted to la l'aroy gu'l'abed eskola yehudim. He wanted to destroy and to kill and to remove all of the Jews from the face of the earth. Who was the, the opponent of Haman, who managed ultimately to defeat him? It was not, as we might expect, someone from the tribe, from the children of Yosef, but rather it was Mordechai, who was a descendant of Binyamin. As it says in Begillus Esther, Peric Base, Pasuk it describes Mordechai <coughs> as Mordechai ben Yo'ir, <coughs> ben Shimi, ben Kish, Ish Yemini. Mordechai, the son of Yo'ir, the son of Shimi, the son of son of Kish, and Ish Yamini. What does it mean in Ish Yamini. Rashi says, Mi ben Yomin He was, Yamini is like bin Yamini. He was a bin, Benjamin, Benjaminite. Kach Pshutai, that is the simple meaning. So how did it come about? that a person from the tribe of Binyamin was able to defeat Esav. It would seem that only someone from the tribe of Yosef would be able to do that. So it would appear that this ability to fight against Amalek and to be successful in that fight was given to Mordechai, the Binyamini, from Yosef. When Yosef gave the five suits of clothing to Binyamin, and he hinted to him about the future greatness of Mordechai, who will someday wear five royal garments and destroy Haman Ha'agogi, and he will destroy Haman, the descendant of Esau. He was not merely hinting to him. It's not merely a matter of fortune-telling or future-telling, but rather, by giving him these five garments, he was actually investing him with the spiritual power to be the Sitneshel Asaf. He was handing over to Binyamin his own power of being the opponent, the successful opponent of Asaf. And when did he give him this power? Well, it's when Yosef gave extra gifts to Binyamin because he had a special love for him, because he was his brother, not only from the father, but He was his only maternal brother also because where did Yosef get this power from? Where did Yosef get this special ability to be an opponent of Esau? He got it from his mother Rachel. As we learned previously, as we discussed previously, that Rachel was worried for many years that she might have to marry Esau and this bothered her very much because she herself opposed the immoral qualities of Esav, and therefore her child, Dafka, her child, Yosef, had the ability to oppose Esav. And therefore, when Binyamin received this this gift of clothing, because he was a child of Rachel, just like Yosef is a child of Rachel, so he also was thereby invested with the spiritual power that belongs especially to Yosef. That is the power to be the sitna shal Esav, to be the antithesis and the antidote to Asof A support to this idea that Mordechai was given his power to overcome the descendants of Asof from Yosef can be found in the the Purim. In many congregations on Purim, which, of course, commemorates the, the victory of Mordechai over Haman. So additional uh, liturgical poems are added to the Shmoneh Esrei, to the main tefillah of the day. Of course, understandably, they, uh, these extra liturgical pieces, to a large extent, talk about Mordechai. And there we find the following sentence. Tova hod Now this is translated by commentators as follows before him, meaning before Mordechai became great, so Tova hod Hashem stamped with glory Yosef, who is called in the Torah by the title Avreich. So before Mordechai came along, Hashem had already stamped with glory Yosef. Yosef was stamped with this glory, prepared to be extended, meaning the greatness of Yosef was ready and capable of being extended and given over to Mordechai. So we see here that in fact, Mordechai's greatness was something that he was bequeathed by Yosef, and as we explained, this is because Yosef was the Sitno Shil He is the, the great opponent of Asev, and of course, this is what Mordechai needed to be in order to defeat Haman, the descendant of Asev. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yohanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com/minagainbmore.